All right, Joel, give me a chance to get your watch party started. It is the one night you show, and boy, we got some stuff going on. We have advanced technically. We live on Zoom, man. We're advancing. I love it. Sandra Coleman, passing my shades, man. I can't run around looking like this. I gotta look like the superstar that I are. Ah, now I'm comfy. So I'm gonna start cracking the ranks around the moon a little bit. We have a couple of special guests that are coming on. We have a special guest host that's happening right now. Yeah, all right. I'm opening it up a little bit. Yep, yep, yep. Let me get some mic checks. One, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah, stands in the room. Sandra Coleman. One night, you, one night, you. One night, One night, Here we go. Lift off. We're oh, lifting off. Yeah. <laughs> the intern's on the mic today. Yeah. Share, share, share. I love that. Yes, make sure y'all share, y'all, please. Here we go. We got too much important information to talk about. Yeah, big shout out to Gary. Gary's in the building. I see you. Let me just do some sharing real quick. While I'm on it, share. Share only to me. Share to the public. All right. All right, Joel, so let's get this show started. But you know, I got to drop it on the beat. I don't want to sound all unprofessional. So I you the DJ. That's it. One, two, one, two, three, and there it is, y'all. All right, we're in, we're in effect, man. Listen, I want to welcome everybody back to the One Night Just Show this week, because last week it didn't go too well, y'all. Yeah. Last week we had some internet ghosts coming here and <laughs> shut it down. Yeah. Right? Things happen, though. Things happen. Yeah. Things happen, man. You know, sometimes. I mean, that's the that's the world we live in, isn't it? But right. we recovered, right? We oh, here, 100%. We're here today. And we're here we today. did a little quick video outside, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And so, we are full force today. Uh, yes. Not yes. only are we back, but we got Zoom going on. Okay? Yeah. yeah. We got Zoom, baby. That's something different. So, um, on. so this week was a pretty good week. Um, For me, uh, I mean, relatively uneventful. Um, figuring out some new technical things that we're doing with the studio, some upgrades and stuff like that. Um, you know, I did a bunch of teaching this week and um, it was pretty, uh, I guess it was pretty light. You know, I didn't do uh, too much. It was all about the studio. Okay. You know, a lot of studio and editing. That's what I did. So Andrea Coleman, you are the ultimate activist and you're always active. Huh. So what'd you do this week, Sandra? Well, I'm gonna just go back a week just because we weren't here last week. Oh, right, I gotta right. get some important stuff out. Do you right. wanna do that too? No, no, okay. no, because I can't even remember what I did okay, last so, week. So, because I did some, <laughs> some, some big things, so I need to discuss that. Please do. So um, on election day, we had voter support in my development uh, uh, through the Homes Isis Coalition. Uh, Rebecca Lamort helped out at six, we did two shifts, 6 a.m. We had um, Dunkin' Donuts and coffee, beautiful. and we was just in music, and we had voter registration forms, and we was just encouraging the people. We was out there for a few hours, and then we did a second shift at 1 p.m., and we had uh, two piece of pies from Delizia. They donated that. Uh, Rebecca and I actually paid for the Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, beautiful. but we had Delizia Restaurant, a pizzeria on the Upper East Side, donate. So shout out to them. Shout out to them. 
They donated two, two pies and a large pan of pasta. And it was delicious. And people were just so excited about that, that we were just out there, you know, helping them. Because in the morning, that's when the real rush was coming on. Mm -hmm. And also then on the sixth of that week, Holmes Eyes' Coalition, we had our virtual court hearing. And we're still going strong with that. As you know, residents from um, Isaac Houses and Holmes Towers sued NYCHA on December 13th of last year. Our case is still going strong. And uh, we sued for repairs. We did an HP action, uh, action lawsuit. We sued for repairs in our apartments and our common areas and also for sanit uh, sanitary conditions, so meaning cleanliness. So that's ongoing. And, you know, I'm still busy in the street doing, you know, my activism and like Rock always says, you know, I'm always helping the neighbors and stuff like that. And also I'm a organizer with UES for BLM Upper East Side for Black Lives Matter. Today is our 167th wow. day straight. Gotta give her the beat. I mean, that is commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's big. Huge. That, deserve, that is commitment right there. Yeah. We, we've been out there since June 2nd, straight, every day, no matter what the weather was. And I was on a community board meeting and they was talking about renaming parks or, or dedicating a site. And I happened to be on it. And I'm a member of the community board, so I'm asked for the application. So hopefully we can dedicate that site if we get approved for UES for BLM and, you know, do something in that realm of that. So that's it. But other than that, same old, same old mass distribution great work, stuff. Great yeah. work. Right great work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you're going to have to talk about your computer use. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else we got? Um, Stan. Yes. Stan. Hold on. Let me switch it over. We got to see Stan. Because Stan. Stan's got big things going on. Stan What's up, Stan? Man. Well, uh, this week was um, very, very busy. I don't, actually, I'm going to talk about last week because um, we had the press conference in front of 250 Broadway. Um, had a great turnout of NYCHA residents from all around the city, um, all boroughs, I think, represented. Except, no, we had Brooklyn there, too. We had someone speak from Brooklyn, too. Uh, I don't think the Bronx. But it was really, really good. Uh, we got some great footage, thanks to, to, to Shana here. Um, but we got a real strong word out to support those residents who are going on strike. And um, they're going strong with that, you know, so it's good for that. And we're going to do another press conference this coming this coming Saturday. This one's going to be in front of Astoria Houses. That's going to be the situation there where they are still without gas. They're on 53 days now without cooking gas. So they're not going to be able to cook for Thanksgiving. Yeah. They're not going to be able to cook for Christmas. Mm. And on top of that, we found out some of the residents don't have heat. Mm. You know, so it's just a real awful situation there. So we're going to have a press conference. Yeah. Um, bring some elected officials out, you know, they to really suffering. draw light yeah. uh, to, to all that situation. Um, so, I mean, how, how are they eating now? Like, uh, um, they got to go out and buy food. Um, they, they have a lot of folks delivering food to them. So there's a lot of support, you know, but still, you know, mm -hmm. this is seven days a week. You can't, you know, you can't deliver food seven days a week. So and, they're losing money. And correct day. me if I'm wrong, because I know when people are without gas, NYCHA gives, provides one hot plate one when hot you have plate. four hours, which right. is crazy. So one hot plate. imagine cooking Thanksgiving dinner oh on one hot plate. plate and you got people in your house. They it's, can't even splurge for four. It's no, ridiculous. No, it's right. ridiculous. It's, and turkey got to go in there. Right, <laughs> right, right. Okay. It, it is absurd. And the yeah, last thing I want to mention, we're... About to launch our lawsuit mm -hmm. um, against Queensbridge North. Okay. You know, so we got, we got the residents all set up. Yeah. Um, they're going to be talking with the attorneys this week to kind of gather up the information. Okay. And then we're going to move forward. You know, yeah. and that'll be the first of several lawsuits um, yeah. with Queensbridge North and Queensbridge South, Ravenswood, and Astoria Houses for this total nonsense they're dealing with there. Amazing. So we're, we're moving forward. But yeah. I definitely want to 
give a big, big, big shout out to Shayna. You know, right. she's you can talk to her in a minute. She's been out there with me um, all throughout. Yeah. Catch, ca- capturing phenomenal footage. We did we did um, an impromptu interview with Miss Sylvia Lester. Yeah, she was sitting on the bench, right? Oh my mm-hmm. God! And, yeah. and Shayna caught that moment, and yeah. I think it's over a thousand views now. So I'm, I'm glad she was there. Well, listen, y'all was like at seven fifty when I was watching it, you right, know what I'm saying? Right, I was like, right, right, yeah. I said, like, what the blood fire right, Shayna right. can't it's, do an error. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. She did a really, really good job. So I want to give a big shout yeah. out to Shayna. And, um, yeah, Shayna, tell field us. field reporter. Yeah. Yes. So I'm Shana Kay, and I'm the One Nature's um, field, return, field reporter slash intern. And this week has been a very interesting week. Like the interview with Miss um, Miss Leslie was very, very prolific. Emotional. Like when I, because every time, every Wednesday when I'm out there talking to her, like she always is pretty much telling me like, you know, she's having these issues. So when we had that success story that she actually got the appropriate repairs that she'd been fighting mm-hmm. for before 2018, to me, that was just powerful. Wow. Okay. And Miss Leslie always said that the in, the content that she learned to get to where she got to, with her success she said with many court appearances is what made her get that success you know so it was just very very you know very powerful to just get that footage on you know on camera and i'm glad that it's shooting on facebook and guys i need to just follow stan and just watch the video because i feel like there's a lot of people that she hit the the nail on with that information you know and even like yesterday when when i was out there with stan at astoria houses it was a it was just like heart-wrenching to just hear these people really not going through with no heat there's an 84 year old lady that lives with her grandson and she says that every day she has to eat out she has to buy she said i'm a woman that loves to cook right i like to use my stove i don't like to eat out and then it gives her a magnitude of fear because you know the covid cases are spiking Mm -hmm. yeah sure yeah so she's saying like you know that to me is an issue and then she even went on to say that they reduced her um food stamps Mm. oh wow so that's even more issues that she's going through right she's dealing she's dealing i would think without heat and gas those two essentials, NYCHA should be putting these residents up in hotels or something like that. Yeah. You know, instead of li- having them live like that, you know, because that that is just horrible. That That's true necessity yeah. Yeah. that you pay your rent for. Mm-hmm. And they better make sure they get a renovate, Mr. Elected officials better work with them with that. Right. But that's just unheard of. I mean, they can do that. There's a lot of um, spaces. And there's also a lot of um, apartments that are not rented, co-op apartments and Absolutely. condos. Mm-hmm. They can they can take charge of that. You Absolutely. know, this, I, mean, I mean, in the condition that they're living in. Yeah. That's I mean, that's damn near homeless. Right, that's the only difference is that right. the only difference is you're just not outside on right, the street. Exactly. Right. Right. But heat is essential, and yeah. so is gas, yeah. Yeah. right? What's right. next? The electricity's right. out? Oh, like, my goodness, right? right? What are we doing? That We're one step from that, really. Yeah, you know? yeah so. It's really insane. That's very it's ridiculous. Really insane. Mm-hmm. So that's what the week was, huh, guys? Yes. yes. Well, it, it was very productive. <laughs> All right. It was very productive. <laughs> so, Stan, you have some special guests. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And this is, uh, this is really big because you're talking about... Um, people that contributed to NYCHA. Right, right. right. To the culture of NYCHA. Right. And, and the good things that NYCHA can be. Right. So I'm going to let you, you know, kind of go with it and um, introduce the special guest, bro. Sure. Yeah. You know, most times this show focuses on a lot of the negative things that happens in NYCHA. And there's a lot to talk about when it comes to things that are not so positive. But then there are some great things that happen in NYCHA as well. You know, I grew up in Lafayette Gardens in Bed-Stuy. And there, there were some role models that, that I looked up to that really, um, kind of pushed me into what I'm doing now is I've seen them do it, you know, really serving the community and doing all kinds of great things. Uh, so the first is um, my basketball coach, mm. Mike Senior, you know, who's, um, his dedication goes for generations. I'm talking about 30, 40, 50 years of teaching kids, 
not just basketball, but life. You know, I'm nice. talking about somebody that would get up before we got up mm -hmm. and sweep the park so we could play ball. I'm talking about somebody that put his own money, his own time, you know, just out of pureness of his heart, you know, to really show us kids coming up a different way to go. You know, so some of us made it to the NBA. Some of us did not. A lot of us got college scholarships, but mostly we learned about life, you know, and that, that was a real powerful lesson he's continuing to do mm -hmm. to this day in Lafayette Gardens to this very day. Mm -hmm. Then the other gentleman is Larry Williams, um, who grew up in my building. You know, now I'm six feet four, you know, so imagine really? having about five <laughs> or six people in your building taller than you are. So, 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 the Williams, the Williams family, I'm six four. Giant yeah, no, no. Wait a minute, is he six four for real? I'm six four. I don't know. Really. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. over I, me like I, that. I'm six okay, feet four. Right, I'm six feet four. Okay. New York. Wow. But then it was the Williams family. You know, there's a, a brother. A lot of brothers. Um, I think they all were like six eight, six nine. And wow. Gabby and Gabby was the other people that we looked up to. You know, we we as a kid, I would go to the park and watch those guys play, and then I got a chance to see them go to college and gain scholarships and awesome. go play overseas and, mm. and do all kinds of amazing things. You know, so it, it showed kids like me, you know, that it could be done, that there's a bigger world outside of just yeah. Lafayette Gardens or the projects and basketball actually showed that world to me. Wow. And the ones that opened the door for me to see that world and believe in it were people like Larry, who's done it, people like Mike, you know, who's done it, you know, and I think what they've done for our community is amazing. I'm talking about the basketball games in 270 Park. It wasn't just a basketball game. The whole neighborhood would come out, you know? And so for that time, there'd be no shooting. There's no problems. You know, we all enjoying the games. What year are we talking about? We're talking about 75, 76. Ooh. And Larry, Larry and Mike go back further than that. They, they're okay. probably in the 60s. They wow. can tell you their, their history. Yeah. So there's a long history, a long tradition yeah. of basketball, but more than basketball. It's, it was really life. And that was a time when there wasn't real disinvestment in public. Right, health, exactly, right? exactly. So our community centers were open. We had health stations Absolutely. and so forth. Absolutely. And then, you know, what, what he was doing and you all was doing, that's when people cared about right. the people in public housing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just wanted to honor uh, these guys, you know, because I really wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today awesome. if, if it wasn't for watching what they've done mm -hmm. for our community, never, never, never about the money. It was always about setting the right example. So well, with that being said, let's yeah. talk to Larry. Larry, you're up first. Larry, how's it going? Well, I'm, I'm good, my brother and sisters. How y'all doing you, today? On the Zoom. I'm doing how well. Are you, Larry? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Wait, there you go. Larry, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, oh, man, we're, we're great. We're great, Larry. Um, let's talk about your history. Let's talk about what you've done, your contributions to the community. That really, what I like about it is it starts with a basketball and two hoops. Right. In yeah. projects. Absolutely. That's it. No, Nothing else. That's right. Right. Larry, let's talk about it, man. Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, at that time, it was about 16, 17 years old, about 6'5", about 6'6". Six, six, six. Didn't have much of a game. Didn't have game at all. But, uh, you know, I had Mike Skinner. You had a lot of the older guys come out there. And they taught you. And at the same time as they taught you, we did not have the kind of problems we have today where when we was going growing up, the drug dealers, the, the pushers, the hustlers, they would tell you, you don't want none of this game. You go and get an education. Right. If you get away from here, right. get away from here. So the type of example I try to set for my own brothers, I have five brothers, and mostly everybody's over six eight. Yeah. Six mm. eight. 
and um, which Stan Stan's been always always been like a little brother to us. Absolutely. Little, I didn't know little kid. You had to keep a foot in his behind sometimes to keep yeah. him in check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they were smacking the ball out of your hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can be straight. Can be straight. Yes. Yep. So I got opportunity to uh, you know went to Eli Whitney and uh, got a chance to go to school up up in Rhode Island. I lived for a year. Got married and I transferred out west with my. My twin brother, we played at Compton JC, one of the top JC junior colleges in the country. And then I transferred back to Pratt. And that's when things really started opening up because I noticed Pratt was more of a community affair. I got to meet a gentleman named Mr. Harris Williams and uh, Fred Thompson, who used to uh, mm -hmm. handle the Adams Track Club. Mm. And that opened up a lot of doors for myself as far as my education. Because we did, as a one model we had in school was uh, what's good for you, uh, be good to your work and your work will be good to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And uh, this is what I always tell these young cats out here today you know, basketball is not the end of all end. All right, you don't get the chance to give it, go to the NBA, you don't get the chance to go with C. But you got that piece of paper. That's you right. got education. You got things that more people wish they had. Now, I had fortunate enough that I did have going to a little school like Pratt across the street from Pratt, Lafayette. Yeah. Now, who would ever think I would ever, ever get a tryout with the New York Knicks, the Indiana Pacers, mm -hmm. Atlanta Hawks? And I eventually wound up signing with the Atlanta Hawks. And I wound up going overseas playing in the Philippines. So you, well, were playing, you, you were playing, you were playing, Larry, let me just get this straight. So you were playing pro basketball. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I got to give you this, Larry. <laughs> I got to give you that, bro. Word up. Word up. That is so dope. All right, go ahead, Larry, keep awesome. going. Yeah, and you know, it's just that we, like I said, growing up in the, in the park at 270 Park, we were family. Everybody took care of one another. We didn't have time for BS and everything out there. The little ones, the big ones, look out for the little ones all the time. It was never, Community. it was, it was yeah. never just like I'm better than you, you're better than me. We just went out there, we played for good old-fashioned competition. Yep. Yeah, and you yep. can't you can't find that no more. People yeah. got the, the first thing you do, they're ready to fight, they're ready to do this yeah. and do that. Yeah. But overall, I'm, I'm blessed with it education i have a degree in engineering and culinary oh, so wow. i got a chance to do things that a lot of people never will never get a chance to do see that the world you. see the world for free by playing basketball <laughs> yeah yes. nice yes. Up. Uh, yes. listen mike you want to jump in here mike let's let let's let him we got mike on the phone mike what's going on uh everything's okay how you guys doing there you guys doing a good job there yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just saw i just saw where stan I know Stan since he was like before high school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um uh I see where Stan is 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 going for the office. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow. Yep. But that's like a lot of a lot of kids out of our program have went into other areas besides basketball. Mm -hmm. So uh basically I started doing this um in Brownsville. And uh, I was like uh, maybe 10 or 11 years old. Nice. And uh, before that, I was playing baseball, but my mother didn't have no money. So 
I said, I'll switch over to basketball because we got the court right in front of our house. Mm-hmm. So that was in the Grand Dyke Projects. And um, I decided, she asked me, what are you going to do with basketball? Because you're always studying. Like you always have all these books from the library and you're only 10 years old, but you're studying, studying. I'm like, I'm going to be the number one coach in the country. Hmm. Fundamentals. That's a goal. Yeah. That's my goal. I'm on the, she said, are you going to turn pro? I said, if I, I don't really want to turn pro, but I want to get young people to see education for what it really is and take advantage of the education that we're getting, which is not like the other kids and uh, Benson Hurst and, you know, I I understood it at 10 years old. So I said, um, I'm going to start a program. She said, you're 10 years old. I'm like, no. no, I was about to ask how old were you? 10. So uh, I turned 11. At 10 years old, I just studied. From 10 to 11, I just studied the whole game until I got it in my brain. So can I can I get this straight real and, quick? I just gotta ask you a question real quick. I don't and keep your flow because I want to be clear on what you're saying. What you're telling me is you read a book on how to learn how to play basketball. More than one. More than one. <laughs> Un- more than Un- one. Unheard of. Wow. There was a library. There was a library in the van. It's still there. I don't know if it's still open, but it's still there on the corner of Stone Stone Avenue and and in Brandeis, across the street from the Browser Projects. Hmm. So the librarian knew that I was I was telling her what I was going to do when I became an adult. I'm going to be the number one coach in the country, and I need to know the game. So what she did was give me all the books she had in that library. It was a small library. And then when I finished reading them, she would go to, from another library, and I'd come back maybe a week later and get another four or five more books. Wow, beautiful. So I was pretty much destined, I think, to help kids, even though I was only 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I said, okay, now that I have the knowledge of the game, mm. now I'm going to go out and start working on my game. Yes. So uh, every every day I would go out in the summer. Every day I would go out from 4.30 to 8.30. Because in those days, the parents are very straight, and they're on top of you. Right. Like, there's no games. Yeah. It's not like the parents today. Yeah, when the lights yeah, when, when the lights came on, it was time to go home. Yeah. Oh, you're coming in. Like yeah. when my mother, we lived on the seventh floor. My mother, my mother, all she had to do was my mother, all she had to do was stick her head out the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking up, even though I'm working out. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up. So when I see that head come out, I know it's time to go. I, yeah. I just pick up the bar, start running. <laughs> so, wow. but long story short, um, twelve years old, uh, the older guys in the neighborhood, we had a lot of elite players. I'm talking about top level college players mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. They don't have that like that anymore. Uh, most everybody's playing AAU in those days. It was no AAU. Like every, you're just playing big time tournaments if you're good, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So um, they came to me, 12 years old. They said, "Okay, if you can, if you can get your game, we we see what you're doing on the side courts. But if you can get your game together between now and next summer, we'll let you play with us." I'm like, "What?" See, you're talking about a 12 year old playing with college kids. And I, yeah. I just want to—I have to ask a question. How tall were you? <laughs> no, 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 Mike, Mike, yeah, that was that. Because Mike, 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 Mike is 
Mike's a little guy. He's a small guy. Point yeah. out. Hey, yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'm five six, but I play above the rim. Right. right. <laughs> no, no, wow. no, right. No, Mike had up. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he had up. He had up. I think that was an important question. Yeah. You don't say like you're 12 years old and wow. the college kids are telling you to play. Nice. You but know? you know what happened is when you when you when you dedicate yourself to something like that and you get your games fouled. I mean the whole game from I already had it in my mind. So I just had to get my dribbling, my shooting, my passing, mm, my jumping. Yeah. I had to get all that solid, like really solid. Mm. Yeah. So the next summer, they came to me and said, okay, you're going to play with, with that Betsy A. Park. i never forget. Betsy A. Park, we're going to have this tournament over there for unlimited. Mm. You're yeah. going to be the starting point guard with us. And let me tell you, these yeah, guys man. are all top college players. Mm -hmm. Nice. And we took the tournament. We won it. And from that day, it was history after that. Then we... uh. And 13 years old, I wound up playing Pro-Am. Wow. Not in New York, but around the country. At 13. A lot of people don't know that. A lot wow. of people don't know that because I don't really tell, like, this interview, I don't really give an interview without my kids. Right. So Stan and them, Stan, Stan, Larry, Gary, his brother, uh, Andre, T.P., those are my guys. Right. Got you. So that's why I came on to do the interview because he Stan asked me. Mm -hmm. Right? right? So long story short, I moved to Lafayette Gardens. After playing program, I moved to Lafayette Gardens. And um my friend Sullivan oh, dies. Yes. Oh god. He either gets pushed out of the window from the 14th floor or he fell out. Now, how old are you at this stage again? I must be 14. Okay. 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. So I go out, they knock on my door, I run outside. They say, your, your guy's in the grass, dead. Yeah. Mm. I run outside, he's in the grass. Yeah. And then I just ran in the house, I ain't come out for about a week. I came out, I talked to somebody's brother, I said, look, I'm gonna make a major program for your brother and your family. Major, mm. not no basketball, like Stan says, not basketball. This is going to be about school. Okay. Right? So now I'm back in the school again. Now I'm back in the school thing. So um, we had unlimited, these are the divisions, unlimited seniors and little kids. But my plan, which even Stan doesn't know, <laughs> my plan, I had a plan. My plan was to eventually get rid of the seniors and unlimited once they made the name and have little kids reap from that. Mm. Okay. So that's what I did. And then, um, so totally is 61 years mm. working with kids. Mm. 10,000 kids. We just reached 10,000. Give them some. You got to get the hell. You get the beat too, bro. Wow. You know what? You know what? Stay only to tell you, I'm very humble. Like, Everything's about our people. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. That's what my mother taught me. It's always about your people. Sure. And always about those kids. And you gotta really be serious about it because you're gonna along the way you're gonna see a lot of people that fake it. They either doing it for the money. Yeah. yeah. They don't care about our kids. Yeah. My question to you That's is not um, me. during this time frame when you were like fifteen. 
were you also coaching basketball during that time frame, or did that come a little I bit later? I had my own pro- oh, I left that out. I had my own program in Brownsville. Okay, there you go. <laughs> like, you couldn't have done all that and not, you know, done something with it. I had my own program at 12. So I'm doing all of this, but it, you got to understand something in those days. We had nothing else to do. There was no computers. There was right, nothing. Right. We had nothing else to do but go outside and do something. Right, right, right. That's why it made it easier for me to do it, because everybody was outside. Gotcha. Right. So then I came to Lafayette Gardens, and when my friend died, I put that program together. And like I said, I had the unlimited. We had the top players in New York City playing it. Stan will tell you, because Stan was on my team. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. and, oh, yeah. And my, 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 my plan again, because I always have a plan, was to have all the college kids come home that live in New York and play on my team and have everybody else watch how you're supposed to act right. and how you can make it just like these guys because they knew Stan and them. Right. Mm. Nice. And it worked. It really worked. Wow. Stan will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. really worked. So that's what happened. So now we 61 years later, 10,000 kids. Mm. What a uh, mm. Girls. We, we got a lot of girls now too. Awesome. Hey. <laughs> we gotta help the girls, man. Right. You know, we gotta help the girls. So we gotta help the girls. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna shoot this out there because I'm I'm sure you guys have some basketball stories. So, uh, like, what is what is or was your most memorable game that Larry and Stan played in? Well, now Larry's a different generation, so he's, okay. he's older than us. Well, Larry so, wasn't playing with those guys. Larry didn't play with those guys. Larry's yeah. brother played with them. Right, Andre, right, right. Larry he played for a, the University of Pitt. He right. played for the University of Pitt. Okay, yes. okay. So he played with them. All right, so then, then we're going to do Larry two. Larry was older. Got you. So we're going to do two, two separate things. Okay. Right. What's the most memorable yeah. game that you remember Stan playing? Oh, God. And Stan, what was your most memorable uh, game? Probably against... N.A. Rock. Oh, my God. N.A. Rock. Hey, hey, my that's that's Car- uh, Carrie Skelly, who played for the Utah Jazz, and his two brothers in that whole crew from North Avenue. It, it, it was tremendous. When he tell you we had 600 people in the park, we yes. had 600 people yeah. in the park on the fence in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, was like, nice. it was like playing in Madison Square Garden. I remember, I remember Mike, they was coming down the block, and all you heard was N.A. Rock, N.A. Rock. They yeah. brought a whole yeah. crowd of people right? to right. our park. Right. Like, you're going to come to our park and be us in our park. Mm. They had Pearl Washington on the team, too. So they had this powerhouse team. They won all the tournaments all around the city, and you're going to come into our park? And think you're gonna beat us? So that really, that was an incredible game. But go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, tell, tell the story. Stan, Stan, I'll tell you the best out of all of this stuff I did. We did it. We helped a lot of kids. But the one real memory I had was we had a game. I, don't, I think Stan and I was playing too. Stan and I was gonna play Pearl Washington and them, and and Daddy Boogie, all these guys from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting. We're waiting. I'm looking at my watch because it's a 20-minute forfeit time. Not that I would forfeit them, but I'll stay them. <laughs> so I'm looking at my watch, and all of a sudden, I see all these limousines pull out. Limousines? Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yes. and we got our own chairs. Like, we got our own chairs. I still have them yeah, today, a lot mm-hmm. of them. We have our chairs. So they're coming right, they're on Lafayette Avenue. That's where the park is. And all of a sudden, I thought I was seeing things. I'm looking up. 
Playboy Bunny. Yes, Mike, you tell him, yeah, you right. Oh, yeah. Really? oh God. Yeah. Man, we really hit the big time. Oh, oh did he say Playboy no, no, Bunny? They, they came in like limousines, Playboy Bunnies, wiping it, wiping it sweat while they playing. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, you serious? Oh, this was street ball. Yeah, this is street ball. This, this is, is how bad. big this is how big this this is how big this tournament was. It was one of the biggest ones in the country. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I remember that, Mike. So wow. Pearl, I see Pearl, I say, Pearl, what are you doing? He said, Don't worry about us. We take control of this. He took my chair and moved them, put his own chairs and put the Playboy bunnies there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, took control of the park. Oh yeah. I remember that. Oh wow. Wow. Why don't we have that happening anymore? People, it's not, it's not, it's people not would like get that. offended now. Like, oh, I'm offended you took my chair. But y'all had to take that. Yeah, huh? he took the Playboy, but I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> we want to really hit the big time. This guy brought Playboy bunnies to LG. And we beat them. And we beat them. And we beat them. All that hype and all of that. With the limos and the Playboy bunnies. And you guys, man, do you remember the at score? this time, Pearl Washington was probably the biggest being in, in high school basketball, was already on the cover of Sports Illustrated and all that at a very early age. He was like a, a prodigy. So yeah. for, for that game, it was like, you know, we supposed to, we supposed to lose. I remember the the, the, the drug dealers but bet against Stan, us. Stan, I remember that. I'm yep. going to cut you off. Tell, tell them who you had on your team. Well, we had uh, Andre Williams. We had uh, uh, only Kevin played. We had um, Derek Powell, Derek Powell, Steve Powell from where? Derek right from Lafayette Gardens. Okay. So okay. me and Andre and Derek are from Lafayette Gardens, okay. all from the same development. Right, right. And then we had a brother, Steve Daniels, on the team. Right. And I Steve believe, I believe, I'm not sure, Mike, but this might have been the game I think Malik Sealy was on, on our team as, okay. as a as a I young think, player. I think, uh, what's his name? The one with the ties. Like, Dez, Dez, Dez Sealy was his brother, the older brother. He played with us right. in high school. Right, his older brother. And then uh, right. you, had, you had Malik, who was young. You know, and, so this is a big game. Dez gets dunked on. I remember that. He got dunked on and fouled out. Yeah, so the crowd's going crazy. When you get dunked on, you got to respond because now they right. now if you don't respond, you're gonna get blown out. Right. So we we had to bring uh, Malik in. You know, Malik's not known yet. He's in high school. You know, he comes off the bench, and it's, I think I took a <laughs> shot and I missed it. Malik tap dunked it. Boom. Mm. Everybody was like, "Who is yeah. this kid?" And then from there, yeah. he just he just kept shooting shots and shots. <laughs> like, and, and he's a kid. He's a high school kid. And he was but he, but he, yeah, but he kind of did what. What Mike did for us, like Malik would come and watch us play and model how we behaved and how we acted. Right. And we never knew right. he could play like that, you know, until he got on the court and he saved the game. He won the game. And I realized right. then he's going to the NBA. Mm -hmm. You know, as good as we were, he was better than us at that age, you know. Wow. So he, it, it was tremendous experiences, tremendous. Did he go to the NBA? Um, yeah, Malik played. He played for the. Um, Indiana Pacers, yeah. um, played for the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. and unfortunately um, was killed in a car accident yeah. um, coming from right. Kevin Garnett's house, actually, mm -hmm. Kevin Garnett's birthday party. Oh, wow. And um, he died, right. you know, yeah. and Malik was um, like a part of our little- Pearl, Pearl was with the Nets. Yeah. Pearl was mm -hmm. with the Nets. Okay, okay. Wow. So y'all had Pearl superstars on the court. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Now, now, now we gotta give Larry some. So you gotta tell Larry, Larry what, 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 was your, what was your biggest memory? Well, I would play at Pratt, and I was the only Division Three player to play in the U.S. Um, um, New York City All-Star play against the U.S. All-Star. That was with uh, Toby Knight, mm. Arnold Duggar, uh, Len Elmore's little brother, um, Cedric Cornbread Maxwell. Mm. And on our team, we had Cecil Relford, um, 
Rich Rich Law, who led the nation in scoring. John John Irving led the nation in rebounding. Uh, we was the top three division three uh, rebounds in the country, but I was the only division three player to play in this tournament. And I played with Glenn Mosley. So first half, I had a bad first half. I had like two, like four points, two fouls or whatever. They took me out. So we had Julius coaching us and uh, World, World Be Free was coaching the U.S. All-Stars. World so, Be Free, wow. So the, what, the next, uh, the second half, John Irving fouled out. So Julius said, go in there, play your game, 24-second clock. And um, I just went to work. So I wound up with 22 points, 25 points, eight rebounds, and a blocked shot. Glenn had 25, 17, and eight. But a lot of people think I should have got the MVP because I brought them back. But it was just a great opportunity to play with great players. And then when you don't have a no name, like you're a blue chipper and nobody heard of you, that's even better because they don't know what to expect. That's right. And that's what I, that's what I love about being a, being a blue chipper because when you're a blue chipper, people say, well, he's a scrub, he's this, he's that. Then when you get on the floor and you you show you smoke them a little bit, then they say, damn, who are you for? That's right. That's right. That's right. Now I'm, I'm gonna throw a name out there to both you guys, uh, uh, Dino Dean. You know, oh my God, Alfred uh, Dean. Yeah, so uh, you know, did I, tell, I, y'all, I, tell I, them, I, each of y'all tell y'all recollection of Dino, then I, I share. Yeah, yeah. I think Dino was better than Sullivan. How about that? And Sullivan was real. Sullivan tried out the NBA too. Yeah. So I think I think Dino was better, way better than Sullivan. Yeah. I, Mike, I, I think I think. My, I like, think that six nine, six nine, about six nine, six ten. Yep. And he was, was the first kid that I thought, you know, Magic Johnson came along, but he was doing stuff Magic Johnson did when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right, Sam? Yeah, no, I remember I remember watching Dino. I seen him dunk from the foul line in a game. Never saw nobody do that. Um, six nine with a ball handle that was out of this world. Mm. I'm talking about talk- incredible. Go ahead, Larry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Dino was exceptional. I mean, he'd come over to over to the school, and I, I mean, some of the guys came down from Rutgers, and he put on a show. They couldn't stop him. He was too quick. He was too fast. He was too strong, and he didn't even know that he had all this till a lot of things just started coming together, you know. But he was an exceptional, exceptional ball player and a great young man. And I'm so sorry that we lost. We lost him at a young age. Yeah, I just want to say um, he played um, against Dr. J. Now, Dr. Mm-hmm. J was the Michael Jordan before there was a Michael Jordan. Sure, and man. he went to um, Dr. J's camp and beat him in a one-on-one. You know, so <laughs> Dr. that J. Doc, the Dr. J. Oh, wow. You know, and um, I believe Dino would have been one of the first to go straight out of high school to the pros, you know, but unfortunately. Was he playing, was he playing in USA team or something? I remember some big thing he was playing for. I know, I know, I mean, Mike, USA? He, I think he represented the country. I know he played for the Globe Childers briefly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, I know he went up to Rucker and just destroyed the Rucker tournament. <laughs> Quick, what, oh, hold on, what, what, what year are we talking, by the way? This was, was 78, 79. 77, Stan. 77? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so I just want to ask, because during this time, uh, I think, Pee Wee Kirkland was playing during his time, no? Or is this after his time? 
Pee Wee's curtain is, is old. He's old. Right. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. That's a little bit before. Curtain, right. that's, a, that's, that's, that's Connie Walker's in them. Right. That, uh, right around that time. Right, okay. right, right. Okay. Connie that Walker's was in the early 60s. 60s right. okay. Like in the 60s. Okay, so Pee Wee's already Pee-wee moved on. was real, but he was, he was an older guy. Got you. Okay. Okay. And so, um, unfortunately, um, it did, from what the way I heard the story from my mother, the night uh, that Dino was murdered, mm-hmm. or the day before he was murdered, my mother was at his house talking to his mother. And um, Dino had the chance to go to UCLA, um, which was the number one college program in the country at that time. And he also had the chance to go to the NBA. You know, and from my understanding, um, I think his mother may have taken some money, you know, mm. but when you're going up in the projects and, and people are throwing stuff at you, you know, it's, what are you supposed to do? I mean, nine times out of 10, you're going to probably accept it because you, you're in this situation. Mm. And, um, Dino right. didn't want to go to the pros. He wanted to go to college. You know, he wanted to go play for UCLA. So the night before he was killed, people came to the house and knocked on the door. My mother was there. And so she came downstairs hysterical, um, and I, we, we didn't really believe it. We thought you probably exaggerating. What do you mean somebody's trying to kill Dino? And we, so she said, if they'd have gotten the door, they'd have killed her too. So Dino and his, and his grandmother left the next morning. Oh, Dino and his mother. And they went to his grandmother's house. And they, they came that morning and killed Dino, his grandmother, and his mother. Oh, oh. You know, and uh, it was just one of the most horrible things uh, that happened to what? our community. Yeah. Wow. You know, so the whole neighborhood went in mourning, you know, when this happened, you know, we saw such a great talent Triple that would have been uh, revolutionary. You know, I, I would say Dino would end up being one of the best to ever do it. I mean, it's in the room right now. Nettie says, Nettie Jones says, Dino was Brooklyn's best. She's in there. She's in the conversation. Wheeler, back then, uh, back then there was a rite of passage, Wheeler. The older folks allowed us to grow and learn. Absolutely. And Thea Taylor. Who said that? I mean, the room was definitely, you, yes. Yeah, I mean, you said Dino and that and the room popped. I mean, it's like a name that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people um, don't know the story, but that's one of those Lafayette Garden stories, you know, that we all in our neighborhood know and grew up mm-hmm. and really uh, shaped us, you know, and motivated us. Question. Was anybody apprehended for, that was a no. triple homicide, Triple right? homicide, oh, so mafia-related. Oh, so and, the and, cold case. And a cold case and never got solved. we're talking about it here on today on never, One Night Show. Okay. But, but okay. This, this is a nice Okay, story. I know, yeah. I know, I know. I'm just saying and, it's a cold case. Uh, okay. never, never it might got, unearth. It might unearth. It's never, a cold never, case. Never got never, never, They're never. not closed, so right. it's a cold case. Okay. Right. Might right. get solved. Right. Just from it getting some, you know, some steam right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Stan. Yes. Um, That night, the night before Dino got killed, I was with him. So he was going, I was going to go with him to his grandmother's. And he had a brown paper bag with him. And he said, nah, lie. it's okay. I got it. I'll see you in the morning. He said, no, no, I'll come. I said, I'll see you in the morning. So when I got up the next day and my father came up to me and he said, Sonny boy, I want you to sit down. I'm going to tell you something. Right. No, Dino had passed. I said, get the hell out of here. I just talked to him last night. I'm supposed to go. He said, lie, there's something you don't want to know about. He's gone. Mm. So I'm going to the wake, and they had so many undercover cops there. I went there with Luther Rackley that used to play with the Knicks. Right. Together. And um, just, just to see him laying up there, I couldn't believe that. I, I couldn't believe he was gone. It you was know, insane. it's like destroying my world. So I just said, it's time for me to get out of New York City. 
Mm. Mm. For me to make a change because New York is not, it wasn't the place for me anymore. I felt, I felt that um, it was like an omen and, 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 and your time's going to be up soon. So I said, let me get out of here <clears throat> and find a new place, a new life and some place better I can raise my kids and this is where I'm at now. Now, Lavi's been all around the world. So tell them, Lavi, uh, where's all the places you've been? You and your brother, Gabby, y'all have been all, and I think Kevin too, right? Kevin played overseas too, right? Mm. And Andre, all, all four of y'all. Yeah, well, um, you see, Gary's played in just about every country. Gary lives in Germany now. Uh, I play, Andre played in uh, Finland. He played in Budapest. He played in South America. Uh, Kevin had a tryout with the... Uh, with the Denver Nuggets, and they told I talked to the coach because at that time I knew he was Frank Layton was assistant coach with Atlanta, so I written him a letter to Frank Layton, who was now the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, and he said Kevin needs about another year of development. So myself, I played in down in Santo Domingo, I played in the Philippines, the Netherlands, England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, you know. That's just a few. <laughs> it's just a, a basketball. Yeah. You know, they, they was able to take these guys all around the world. All right, hold on, Larry. Hold on. How tall were they in the Philippines, bro? I'm just asking. <laughs> let me let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something. They, 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 when they bring Americans in, they call them imports. And they bring two Americans in, they're about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, Depends. And those Filipino players can play. They'll give the brothers a run for their money. Really? They got a boy they call Sonny Jaworski, Sonny J. He had hands bigger than Dr. J. And he could do things that you could never imagine. Mm -hmm. so, and, he, and he was tall? No, Sonny oh. was 6'4". Okay, uh, he was stand tight. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I tell you, the, boy, the man was a beast. <laughs> he was a monster. And I... Like I say, when you play around the world and you play against different people and you learn their culture, and that's the best part about living outside the country, learning the culture, mm, learning about the different people and stuff. Because a lot of people, they may, you know, they may look at your color, but you learn their culture and you appreciate their culture, they'll open the doors for you. They'll open the world for you. Wow. Wow. That's true. Now, now, Mike, let, let folks know what you're doing now. I mean, the thing with Mike, when I say he's an institution, is that you've seen all the history, you know, that, that he's um, contributed to our neighborhood. And what I love is to this very day, you know, he's still doing it. I brought my son to Mike and I said, Malcolm, you want to be a basketball player? There's only one person I know that's going to be able to show you how to do that. So Mike sat down with my son and told my son what he's going to have to do. Um, my son wasn't ready for that. So I knew, I knew Malcolm was not going to be a ball player because you wasn't ready to put that kind of work in like Mike's going to make you do. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mike, it wasn't really just about the playing. It was the discipline, right. you know, the dedication, you know, and Mike to this day does it. And when you got, you got to understand AAU basketball is where all the money's at, you know, so if you're not really nice, you're not playing AAU, you know, so you don't have an opportunity to really play, you know, but Mike stayed true to the community, never really went that route. So the neighborhood would always have a program where it, whether you was the nicest or maybe not the nicest, mm -hmm. you know, you would still have an opportunity to play, which is really, really good. You know, it was really good. So Mike, tell them uh, 
Are you, uh, tell them how you're doing now with the program. Uh, right now, you know, they got the pandemic. So um, most of the people in the neighborhood said, I didn't know you were versatile. I'm saying versatile, you saw how I play. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a versatile person. So um, I said, let me, you know, they were delivering food, you know, to the people. But, you know, we got the guys in the hood who want to get it and sell it. Mm. Mm. So that means our people don't have any food. Somebody, wait a minute, you, say, you said people want, they're getting the donated food and, and taking it and selling it? Is that is that what you said? That's exactly what I said. Wow. So I'm, 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 I'm looking times. at this situation and knowing how I am in the community. I said, no, I'm shutting this down. So as they bring the food in one day, I go down early. I take the food and put it downstairs in the room and I distribute it. So they don't get to steal what maybe 10 boxes where we got 70 boxes. Wow. <laughs> so I'm still doing that. Every, um, every, it was Monday, every Wednesday I go pick up the, well, I'm at a different location in projects, but I go pick it up, bring it back to my building and go to all apartments I know that need food. And I put it in front of their door. Beautiful. So that's what I'm doing now. And that's, that's, so, that's um, a game I get. So, um, he gets that. We had um, total 55 NBA players and 256 Division One, And we got one kid who's playing at Cincinnati now. He's mm. going to the NBA next year. His awesome. name is Keith Williams. Wow. He's wow. playing at University of Cincinnati. He's a okay. senior. Okay. So what, what I'm proud of, what I'm proud of, is not that he's going to the NBA. That's not what I told him when I saw him this summer. I mean, not this summer, but, you know, when he was home. I'm proud of the fact that you're getting your degree, man. Yeah. 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 I turn right to his face. You don't know how proud I am of you. Mm. I know that you're a skilled player. You're going to make a lot of money in basketball. <laughs> but you're going to have your degree like Stan, yeah. like Andre, like the whole, all of them. Yeah. DP, yeah. all of them. Kevin. That's more important because if you, if something happens, yeah. And you can't play no more. Those now injuries. what? Yep, those injuries. Right. Now what? Now what happens? That's right. That's so right. I'm so proud of this kid. Yeah. Uh, he's going to graduate this year. He'll, he'll be in the NBA uh, some way. I don't know. He's a D League, G League, or in the league. I don't know. He, <laughs> he had a super year last year, and he I'm expecting him to have a tremendous year this year. So now, Mike, who, who uh, who's that young man you brought out? Is this the same guy you brought out the last time we? Oh, that kid is the real. Yeah, who's that, that guy? Let me tell you about this guy. Six one, six two. Everybody's comparing him to a John Moran, right? Yeah. It's I showed Stan the video. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Now, this kid went to a private school in Manhattan, L R E I. Cost fifty thousand a year for the school. It's only like four blocks in the whole school. So you know what he went through. Yeah. So now he's at Lowell Marymount, right? University of California. But he's home, right? So I sent all his stuff to the coach. Or they got new coaching staff. I sent everything over there. And, you know, coaches, when you, it's a business. And they want who they want. They don't care how good you are. Right. But, we have our recruits. You might be better than anybody on the team. But this is what we want, what we have. Mm -hmm. So he's a student at the school, but not on the team. So we're thinking, mm -hmm. I think I'm telling them, what you're going to do is next year when you go on campus, if you go on campus, 
since the coach wants to disrespect you, mm-hmm. just like they did John Morant, they disrespected that kid. Right. He had no colleges. He only got one college. What is John Morant? Right. This is possible. Do y'all know who John Morant is? I'll tell you later. Okay, Mike. I'm telling him. him. I'm saying, listen. I'm saying, listen. Everything about John Morant, he has it, right? And I keep sending him stuff. Like, the coach keeps putting stuff on Twitter. You know, little uh, stuff on a Little words. So I take the words, I send it to him. So I'm motivating him. He's like, all right. I see what they did to John Morant. Wait till my opportunity comes. So what do I do? I'm thinking ahead. I got a plan again. I tell him, I'm telling him and his mother, this is what he's going to do. He's going to be a sophomore next year. He might go on campus. They might not put him on the team. As good as he is, he might not go on the team. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to connect him. I'm going to connect myself with an NBA agency right now. There you go. Mm. So I hit the agency. I I hit them in the past. I hit the agency. The president of the agency hits me back. Okay. He hits me right back. And he says, who is this kid? (laughs) I want to sign this kid as soon as he gets out of college. I said, he's not even on the team. He's going to allow a man, he might not play. Mm. So he said, we'll, every summer, we'll get him to come out to Ohio and work out with our guys. And um, that way he'll be already a pro. And yeah. even if he doesn't play for the school, we'll yeah. sign him after four years. Good. Let me tell you, Stan saw this kid. He's unbelievable. Yeah, I saw I saw the videotape. I'm like, what? He's unbelievable. And one of the hardest work. I, listen, Stan didn't work hard, too, because they wouldn't got to. Let me tell you about Stan. Stan, <laughs> GP, and, and, and Andre. And, and Larry, and them. I know about Larry and them, too. But those three, <laughs> those three, they wouldn't. Listen, those are the only three guys that got out of project and went to Division One at their age group. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody else in the whole projects. Wow. Give them some. Right, Stan? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> three of us um, coming up playing together for years. I mean, coming up like age of 11 or, or even maybe younger than that, you know, for all of these years and for all of us to be able to go on uh, Division One like that, you know, for one development, you know, this is Lafayette Gardens. In the middle of bed style, you know, where people think you're not gonna go nowhere. You know, there's really no opportunity. They just not gonna do it. And uh, through the help of people like Mike and um, and Lavi and all those, we was able to beat those odds. You know, and really show folks that you no, know, you can actually come from the projects. You can come from Lafayette Garden, and you can do anything. Especially when you have leadership and guidance and mentorship. You know, which I think maybe is missing now. You know, as I don't I don't see a lot of that when I go to to these developments. I don't see the older folks, you know, gathering the kids together like like these guys did for us. And it made such a difference. There's no way in the world that I would have went to Lafayette and any of us would have got a um, scholarship without being able to watch how Larry did it and how Gabby did it. And how, how, and what the words and the the values that Mike put into us. You know, it was way bigger than basketball. Like Larry said, we were a family. You know, and, and, and you learned all that teamwork, you know, through that sport. You know, and it was so much more than putting that basketball in the hoop. You know, it was just, uh, it's hard to even describe, you know, what that tournament meant to our community. You know, it's, if, if you had to be there, you know, and, and I go to the parks today, I don't see nobody out there. You know, we was out there with Craig Booth, uh, Mike, and um, nobody, nobody was there. No kids, no nothing. That's true. And it's, it's, true. And, 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 and if it was kids there, you know, it was um, unfortunately white kids. 
I mean, I got a call. Like, when I saw, I was like, you know what? That's true. It's just white kids playing on the park and no, no brothers, no kids. It was, it was shocking to see. You know what? Nobody's wrong, Stan, these days. And I'm going to call it like I see it. A lot of the stuff we have, electronics and everything, kids forgot how to really go out and play. And, you know, beside the pandemic, you know, you know, the way things are going, you don't want your kids to get shot. The yeah. with law enforcement. It's a whole lot of different criteria of things. And yeah. like I said, it's 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 it, it's sad, but like I said, one parent can make one difference to another child. Like you said, Stan, when we were coming up, if a cop told you get off the corner, you got off the corner. You didn't give yeah. him no beat because you got your behind busted. Then right. he took you home yeah. and your parents busted your behind. Right. So right. so yeah. it's a whole different era now. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it comes down to respect. Yeah. And that's what that's what happened. We lost respect. Even, even drug dealers had respect. And, and gang members had respect in the 70s. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't... Like, we had I, the biggest drug dealer, and I'm not going to mention his name, but extremely knows I know it, yeah. And so does Larry. And so does Larry. <laughs> the biggest drug dealer in New York City. Number one. And, and you know what his job? You know what his job was at that? We had no incident. You know what his job was every day? We had games. We had games every day, all day. Mm-hmm. His job was to make sure those hoodlums stayed away from us. Yep, that's, that's that was his job. Yeah. He would come in and he would stand there, and once he's in the park. Now they don't they ain't think about the like the OGs in the park. I remember, I remember Mike, there was one, there was an incident. I think it was a shooter. I think after that game he won. Um the park got shot up and he showed up. It was like, you know what? Oh, that was one time. Yeah, right, one right, time. right. And, 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 and he showed up. And, and you know what? You talking about one time in 40 years. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But he showed up, didn't he? He showed up and said, you know what, this ain't gonna go down. You know, you're not going to yeah. have this kind of violence. And if you play ball, you was protected. You know, they was not going to bother you if you play ball. That's how the drug dealers treated us back then. It wasn't, it was the same respect, the code of honor. If yeah. you played, See, don't bother was, those kids. There was a, there was an incident one time. You know, yeah. I don't really have problems in, in, uh, in the hood. But there was an incident I had a kid playing in the tournament, right? In the little, in the 14 and under. So I know he had issues. So I pulled him off the streets, gave him a uniform, said, you play for free. So during the tournament one day, he decided he's going to challenge me. So I say to him, listen, you know who I am, right? You sure you want to do this? Are you sure? He's like, wait here till I come back. I said, we'll be right here. I'm not going nowhere. When I said that, he went. He came back, this was in the summer. He came back with a trench coat, right? Just a little kid. By the time he got close to me, all the drug dealers was there. Yeah. With, with machine guns, with machine guns in their hands. Oh, wow. So like, then yeah, I had, listen to this, I had to save the kid's life. Right. Mm. He didn't know what it I was. Grabbed him and, I grabbed him and hugged him. I said, listen, I told him in his ear, you can't do this with me, man. You can't do that. You see, you almost died, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Was nobody like that? And I would nobody was gonna protect you. You would have been dead. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. this is what happens in the hood. You know, you gotta 
You know, I give everybody respect, and I, I expect respect back. If you don't like me, then don't be around me. That's all. Coach Mike, um, because in the room, let me see, Netta, Netta Jones, she said, Coach Mike is still keeping the youth focused on educational success through uh, his program. He's yeah. changed the lives of many of our young men right. from PS to 70. Yep. We love him. Nettie from my high school. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. She really, you know, I mean, they really, you know, the, the room's lit up. But Mike, um, I want to ask, I want to ask the host before we leave. I want to ask the host one question. I want you to think about what I'm saying, asking you, and I know you probably have an answer, but I want you to just think about what I'm asking you. Okay. Today's world for our people in our neighborhoods, right? Stanley went to PS270. Right now, PS270 had, when Stanley was there, I was quite sure they had like six or seven classes in every grade. Mm -hmm. Right now, they got one in every grade. Yeah. One class. What do you think? What do you think the reason is that we're not getting the proper education for our kids in our schools? And I'm assuming this question is directed at me. Is yeah, that yeah, you can take that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and I said, hope that you would be staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. We'll take a kick at the end. I got one for her, too. I got one for her, I mean, interesting enough, this is what it is, right? I mean, what they're doing is you, you can't control smart people. Right, you can't control smart people. So what they do okay. is they take away the resources so that we are disadvantaged, and in some cases, so that we cannot learn at all. Right, the the worst thing that happened was in the eighties and in the nineties when they had the no child left behind. Right, and you could be, you could be dumb, right, and you still got passed along. You didn't have to earn the grade. Right, okay. you can just do that. What that did, right? And and I now we're looking at you're looking at the effects line. of that right that's now, right? Can she draw it? They asked me to draw it. They didn't want to. Yeah, use yeah, it. that's that's enough. Okay. Who's like, oh, yeah. That's what you're looking at now, the wrist. effects of that, or what you're looking at right now, yeah. is now we have a stupid society, right? Wow. Because yeah, we have a very stupid society because this is over thirty years ago, right? Thirty years ago, right. This was happening, and now these people are the adults, right? These people are me in their fifties. Right, that got passed wow. along. Didn't know have to know how to read. Didn't have to know how to do math. Didn't understand social studies. Didn't understand political science. Didn't understand economics. Yeah, wow. They weren't taught any of these things. So now you have a generation of stupid people that are led wow. like that are led like sheep every day, and that's how Donald Trump got in the office. And this ain't. And, and you gotta understand something. This is not, you know. This this is this is in the black community, but this also happened in the poor white communities. Of course. That's why you have these stupid people pro-Trump, pro-Trump, pro-Trump. But you're voting for a guy. You're a poor person, right? You're voting for a guy that's never been poor. He's never been in your wow. shoes. So obviously you're a stupid person. You understand what I'm saying? So yes. we've we've grown in less educated population. You can't, you can't lead a smart person. You got to have sheep. So what they're doing now to our kids is they are continuing the same program and it's getting worse and worse and they're becoming more reliant on the phones, on, on the phones right. and the computers. They are, now here's what's happening with them. They're becoming, and, and, and I don't like to use this word, but it's the only way I know how to explain it. The kids are becoming socially retarded. 
That's correct. I agree yeah. with you. Because what's happening now, they don't even know how to relate to each other in You're right. person. You're right. That I, is true. That I feel my true. own kids. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're That's becoming true. socially retarded, right? They don't know how to talk to girls. We used to know how to talk to girls. We see a girl, hey, and you and your whole thing was, yo, you got to know how to rap to girls. That was our whole thing. They can't even do right. They can't even relate to each other. If they're in the same room, they're on their phones. Right. They're yeah. not playing with the train set or playing, uh, what was that, uh, that game, Parcheesi or something, you know, yeah. nothing's happening. So to answer your question, that's my answer. What happens to our kids though? That's why I'm still out here. But, that's why I'm out here 60 years later. That's why I'm still out right. here. And you are a rare breed. Yeah. No, you, are, you, are, you are the last of the Mohegans and you are an institution because there's, the, the shame of it all is there's nobody there to take your place. There's not going to be another you. You know what I'm saying? That is sad. You, you come from a, from, a, from, a, from a generation of mentorship. You come from a generation of community. You come from a generation of, we're going to take these kids. We're going to do for these kids. You come from the generation of Mrs. Underwood who used to have a bus ride every summer for the kids to great True. adventure. You don't got bus rides in the projects no more. No, no. So, and there's nobody really there to replace that. That's really the sad part of it. Yeah. I would like to just add wow. that it, it yeah. takes, it still takes a village Yeah. in the black community for, to help our people. Exactly. And I'm speaking of, because I'm in this skin, it takes a village. And as you said, with community, we need more of that, you know, and sadly, um, no one is replaceable, right? But hopefully there's someone that's shadowing you or see the work you're doing and wanna, whenever you do leave no, this no, earth, no, hopefully no, no time soon, but whenever no. you do leave this earth, there is someone that could at least put the shoes on, but they may not be able to fit them. They may not be able to lace right. them up, but right. see the model at what you're doing because there are- um, uh, my so different groups that are doing things in the community. You know, I'll say shout out to the football league and they have Harlem Jets. You know, I was a part of that. But it, it takes right. a village. And and I also nope. wanted to just say to both of you all, thank you, um, because I know y'all impacted families mm. that were single families, right? Because I grew up in the 70s myself. I'm a 66 baby. And I grew up in the okay. 70s and I had my mother and my father in the same household. But in my wow. development in McKinley Houses, it wasn't like that. It was like three people, four about four people or so, or five in the building. You know, it was it wasn't like that. You know, and in the development, a lot of parents were single. I'm a single parent twice. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So these leagues and 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 this what you're doing and people that are doing and investing in our youth, you are saving our youth. You are preserving our future. And this is what we need, you know, and sometimes, like you said, somebody showed you and you said, you don't even have to pay. I'm going to give you a uniform. We did that with, you know, with the kids, you know, we helped out the kids and, and, or did some fundraising for, you know, let them do fundraising to get uniforms for the football league and stuff like that. So it's very needed. And I just want to just say my hat off to you and thank you because you have saved lives and, you know, I see Stan here and, and, and all the work and just hearing, you know, you took us on a journey, both of y'all, you took us on a great, and Stan, yeah. you as well. It was just a beautiful journey today, but just thank you. And I'm hoping, like I said, someone 
They won't be able to lace up the shoes, but hopefully they can follow those footprints. That's right. That's You're right. Right. That's right. right. And kind sir, Mike and Larry. Yeah. yeah. I want to thank you guys for being on the show. And we've we've gone on over the hour. And you know what? I don't even care. It mm -hmm. was just That's that good. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I, I'm really happy that I came on. I'll yeah. tell you the truth. You know, and I personally want to say, Mike and Larry, you know, I love you guys, man. You guys uh, really show so that. yeah, show them so much leadership. You know, so I want to thank you guys for coming on the show, uh, making yourself available, and really sharing this story. You know that um, that I hope will inspire yeah. you know some other people that are listening, and to say that you know right. everything in the projects ain't all bad. You know, there's some bad stuff for sure, yeah. but there's some great stuff. There's some great people that That's do right. great things, you know, and um, we could be great, yeah. you know, no matter what development you're in. I'm still and, in. And no matter That's what right. your circumstances are, you can be as great as these two people that yeah. we have on this show, Amen. you know, so right. be inspired. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, because we have to prepare for another show that's coming on. Okay. Once again, I want to thank you guys. I'm going to hit the button. I'm about to sign off. Uh, because okay. we got this big thing that we have going on with Stan at about six o'clock. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay safe. One hundred. Yes. One hundred. Yeah. One hundred percent. We definitely will do that for sure. So I'm gonna hit the button. I mean, you wanna you wanna mention some stuff you're doing yeah, next week? Just, no, no, no. Just um, fo please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. And watch, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is One Night at TV. Thank you. And okay. we can read that. And also, um, we'll be back on. Uh, all my friends, I'm gonna be back on the six um, for my um, Queensboro president campaign. So. Come check it out and find out what that's all about. What, what page are we going to stream from on that stage? We're going to stream from my page. So, so anybody, uh, anyone here should, um, these two guys are my friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And hopefully all the others will tune in and yeah. let's start this movement. So we're going from the Stan okay. Morris page. Right. Stan Morris page today. All right, perfect. So listen, right. we'll see you guys at six. We're going to break. Thank you. And uh, it's on. Thank you all so let's much. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. One, one night to one, one people. Night to one night to one people. All right. One night to one people.